Welcome, and today we're we're here at the How to Build a Kick-Ass Remote Staffing Team, and we want to talk about today, how has this pandemic impacted the stigma or changed our way we think about offshoring? And so today I have Sia Cow with us, as well as Sean Parikh and Chris Rivera. We're all here to, to just kind of kick around the idea. What has changed since we've been uh, experiencing this wonderful uh, situation that has uh changed how we do business, how we see things, and hopefully we'll be able to come to some terms with it. So with that said, I'd like to start off with Sia, have him kind of open up the concept here and then introduce this, the topics, and let's see if we can take it from here. So it's all yours. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh, appreciate that uh, introduction. And, uh, you know, you asked a very quick, uh, good question, which was, what has the pandemic changed? And uh, maybe we should be asking what, what hasn't changed or what, you know, it's, uh, we've just gone through so many changes that uh, it's easier just to look for the things that have remained the same. The good news is that what has remained the same, hopefully, is our value systems, right? Those don't change, shouldn't change anyway, uh, no matter what's going on. So uh, when it comes to um, offshoring, what's interesting is that what, what the pandemic did is it forced everyone to go on remote working environments. Um, and people were first to make it work somehow, right? Um, we had some rough patches and technology was kind of there, but wasn't there. And Zoom was trying to keep up with the change quickly, but everyone sort of gathered together to make it work. And ultimately, look, we're in, uh, we're in August now, right? And um, we've been doing this for months now. <laughs> So, uh, so this, in, in my mind, and, and also in talking to, uh, to the accounting firms that we work with, um, this notion of sort of offshoring has started to have a different definition. They, they think of it more as, a, as a, a remote working structure rather than this offshoring uh, um, stereotypical outlook at what this what this really is right so there's so there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of impact that this uh, situation has had on the way we view things um, and in a good way actually has forced us to uh, challenge our preconceived ideas about certain topics in business mainly the offshoring so that's what we're going to be talking about today now we, we you mentioned Mike uh, that um, how has the pandemic changed the stigma, right? So let's first, if you guys agree, Sean and uh, Chris, uh, if you guys agree, let's talk about what is the stigma first. And then we go back and we, we can talk about how that has changed uh, based on your perspectives. Um, so why don't we start with you, Sean? What do you think about in terms of what are the common stigmas you have encountered? You've been doing this for quite some time. So you've kind of seen and heard it all, right? Well, uh, as you said, pandemic uh, has been a great uh, le leveler to Sorusev. I mean, pandemic has not really, uh, you know, it was not an exception whether you are living in a developed part of the world or whether 
you're living in a developing part of the world or in a developed. Well, each part of the world is equally impacted. So it kind of leveled, you know, everyone on the same, you know, at the same place that you are a human being and a virus can show you at the end of the day, every human being is equal on, on earth, you know? So yeah. it acts as, act, I mean, pandemic that way on humanity has given a, a huge impact according to me on the mindset. Uh, when we talk about accounting firms, what, what we have been talking to several thousands of them, like you, Sia, like Chris, Mike, we, we, we coach them, we talk to them, we, do, we work with them in and out. And there are several uh, you know, layers of the stigma, but one of the fundamental thing uh, uh, what uh, inhibits um, accounting firm to openly look as offshore hiring is, is what you know, my client would think about this or what my client would think uh, or how should I tell my client about this? This is one of the fundamental factor, you know, although it is now widely accepted, it is accelerating, the acceptance is accelerating now, but still there is a mindset that, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, what, what would happen uh, uh, if my client would come to know about this? And, you know, what we experienced is more than client, it is your mindset. Yeah. yeah. It is you who think that it is something what your client would think. So probably if, the, if you step and try with 10 clients, 20 clients, 30 clients, you, you will realize that probably one out of 100 would have some kind of a problem in the world, which is so consolidated and which is so integrated. So this is probably, uh, Sia, I think is one of the core stigma around offshore hiring, especially for accounting firms. Yeah, that's interesting. As you were talking, Sean, um... I could think of so many different instances when uh, I, I would hear this exact uh, stigma coming from uh, CPAs that were looking into possibly doing offshoring. And what really was at the heart of their concerns, uh, as you mentioned, was uh, this notion that somehow the quality of the work would suffer because they are offshoring. And that would be perceived in a negative way from the client's perspective, and it would be delivered in a negative way from their own perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not necessarily the case. You know, knowledge is power. And I think what that, what that revealed to me, Sean, it was that there was just a, the lack of knowledge in terms of how does a good offshoring work, right? So uh, you can go to many restaurants. Not all restaurants are going to give you good food. Uh, some you may make you sick, but it, you won't stop going to restaurants. You continue going to them. And I think of like services like offshoring, there's good and there's bad ones. And if you just do your due diligence and, um, you know, uh, get involved with, with uh, companies who really know what they're doing, like integrity and, and uh, ask some good questions, you know, a good offshoring company, in my opinion, uh, would welcome questions, would actually relish in answering the questions because the questions break the barrier of this this gap of lack of knowledge of what how this really works and if you're really an offshoring company that know what you're doing you take care of things like i'm jumping ahead a little bit but would take care of things like security 
like um, quality of, uh, of, of your workforce. You got those two things, those two main things. And that goes a long way, especially for someone who's never done offshoring or maybe someone who's, who's uh, have had offshoring and has had a bad experience with it. But one, definitely one of the stigmas is what you mentioned, Sean. So very, very um, interesting, interesting topic. Uh, let's go to Mike. Mike, what, what are, you know, you are a CPA and you've, you know, you've been in this, not just in the accounting industry, but in this specific world of offshoring and how it impacts everything. What, what have you been hearing from your end uh, that is different than what Sean has been hearing perhaps? Well, um, <clears throat> as Sean indicated, that the, the, the concern is of, of, of uh, you know, not working well. That I guess what I think is it, people don't quite grasp the conceptual um, opportunity of the offshore staffing relationship to what they're doing. Quality, of course, is a concern, but I think there's a lack of knowledge is how am I going to make this happen? Will I, how will I um, work with this person who's so far away when that might be true, um, but they're really no different than they're just an the office next door if we're working on the same project through the cloud or whatever the connection process is. So I think there's a lack of understanding or concern about how to make it successfully work and produce. And so I think that's one of the stigmas I, I get a, a feedback on is, gosh, you know, I'm not sure. How am I going to, you know, how am I going to control this person so far away or how am I going to get connection? And with then, of course, it, it becomes a technology conversation. Then it comes into a security conversation. And, and there's a concern about security that gets mixed up because the human experience is that the further away from me, the less secure it is, which is not necessarily true anymore. And as Sean mentioned earlier about the whole boundary thing, I mean, the whole world is, you know, flat. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I'm always amazed just personally. I, I just get just the, the fact that so much information is so quickly and readily available from anywhere now. Um, it's, it's, it's surprisingly still new to a lot of people. I mean, I'm in, I'm in my late fifties. It's just stunning to me at the pace of change compared to when I started accounting with no computers. <laughs> yeah. I started with no computers folks, a tin key and a pencil. That's what I started with. And so this, it's so dramatic. I'm talking to people that are just my age and they started with no computers and a pencil. So it's, it's, we have to help them be beyond their history and, and help them understand that. So that's kind of somewhere I'm at. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think, you know, I know we're, we're still in the stigma uh, part of our conversation, but I'm curious yeah. if you think because of what just happened uh, to the whole entire world, that the infrastructure, the security uh, protocols have improved, have almost, there's, there's been a boost or, or, or the opposite, that it's more vulnerable now than it's been before. What is your impression on that, uh, Mike? Well, when I think about Zoom, for example, that we're yeah. currently using for this thing, I mean, they, they exploded in use as so many other online meeting platforms and yeah, it uncovered some concerns, no doubt, um, some security issues and some hacking stuff and all that sort of thing. I'm sure we're all aware. So I think the, the sheer volume and demand has forced them to Im make improvements that maybe didn't happen or wasn't yeah. as, a, as, as known 
you know, crisis doesn't necessarily expose, I mean, almost always exposes weakness. Yeah. Uh, a crisis doesn't build character, exposes weakness. And so, yeah. It, it yeah. Exposed, so those things were exposed. So the big companies, the right, not the big ones, but the companies involved made changes and shifts. And yeah. I know integrity had to make some adjustments as well. Yeah. And well, it's uh, something that is true. And so I think we become better as a result if we take it seriously and adjust as needed and don't yes. put our head in the ground. And so good companies yep. are better as a result of this. Weaker companies might be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting uh, perspective there, Mike. Yeah, we're, we're hoping that uh, the security has improved and, and has in a lot of different areas. But we'll get a little bit more later on into uh, the security protocols of an offshoring uh, type environment. Uh, probably more specifically, the best practices that we can observe from integrity specifically, since... Um, uh, this is something that is very personal and you guys, uh, it's very near and dear to your hearts. So we can explore on that uh, a little bit later. Uh, Chris, let's go to you. I know uh, that you just uh, finished uh, a, a webinar. So uh, hopefully you had a, um, a Red Bull. Give me time to or, relax. <laughs> or, or you had something, some energetic uh, protein uh, shake that is giving you enough energy to answer the very tough questions we're going over this yes. very important Facebook live event, right? Um, yes, so yes. what, what are your, what are your stick? What are, what are the stigmas uh, you've encountered? You've, you've seen it, all kinds and all types. So share some of those with, with our listeners today. That'd be great. Yeah. It, it, a lot of the hesitation in the beginning was in general, was just the remote aspect of it, right? The client was comfortable with everything and, uh, but the, the remote aspect was just nerve wracking and, and try to explain to them that, Remote working has been around since the 80s. It's really taken off across several industries, especially in, in technology, uh, financial technology. But it hasn't really you know, made its way into the accounting world. And then, boom, pandemic happened. Gas pedal, everyone go virtual. Do you have to be fully virtual? No. But everyone's become virtual. Now they're like, oh, it's not that bad, right? But then, yeah, they, they, as you start thinking, um, it's, it always seems to be, especially when you're thinking about the security aspect or um, the quality of work, it, 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 it's maybe one or two people, three people that are assuming that's how everyone's thinking, right? Assuming how their 100 clients are thinking or the other 10 associates to work with are thinking, unfortunately, and it, they need to be more collaborative and, and talk about it and, and, and they explore it, not just automatically assume it's India, oh no, security. It's like, wait a second, or offshoring, or security. So it's like, wait, no, it's not the case whatsoever. Um, so the quality of work too, right? And it's a, it's a lot. Most companies and uh, the price is low, right? So people are like, oh, it's, it's probably going to be that uh, reflective of the work too. And yeah. so there's a hesitation there, but you got to explore. You got to take a look at it. Um, but the the biggest thing is, yeah, the the security aspect, and I. I <laughs> I've walked into so many client offices. Well, last year I walked into so many client offices. I just walked right in and knocked on their door. <laughs> and you have to think. And then I see you looking around. Everyone's on their cell phones. People are checking their personal email. Uh, there, there's no cameras anywhere. And it's like, well, wait a second. How how secure is your office? You know. And so again, it's just one person's yeah. thought process encompasses everyone else's. But that really the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting, right? We have this 
presumption that for some reason, the everything within the four corners of our office, in fact, is the safest security you could possibly have, Ever. right? You know, I, I work, uh, you know, I have um, one of the uh, uh, services at FY we have is that we actually have someone go in and try to break in the security system of firms just to show them their vulnerabilities. And what we ought to do, what we ought to do is just do that for anyone who's questioning the security of offshoring, because it kind of levels the playing field, right? Um, and, uh, and just, you know, as, as you were, as you were talking, I was actually admiring your, I was listening to you, but I was admiring your, your Apple, uh, ear, ear, um, ear pieces here. Yeah, and Bluetooth. It, it, huh? My Bluetooth. Yeah. Yeah. Your Bluetooth. Yeah. It took me back to the days that we all had these cord, um, ear pieces that we would, we would be using. Right. And at yep. some point, an, an invention came, an innovator came and said, look, we can take, there were other um, uh, wireless headphones before the Apple uh, wireless headphones came out. So why wasn't it so popular? Just like offshoring, you know, I, I think of that, there were offshoring before, right? So what happened that all of a sudden it has become a commonly used system for firms who are looking into the future. And what I like to just get people's attention in terms of anyone who has either had a bad experience with offshoring or thinking about doing offshoring in the future. It is about cutting the cord. If you have never done the offshoring, it's about cutting the cord. It may feel a little bit anxious if you've never done it, but you've got to trust the process and trust the system and make sure you're working with individuals that know what they're doing with a company that knows what they're doing, because that can save you a lot of grief. That can save you a lot of headache and it will take care of the very things that the stigmas that people have, such as security. You know, a great offshoring company like Integrity, I don't work for Integrity. So anything I'm saying right now, I'm not, it's not like I'm getting paid for it. It's a, it's a uh, straight from the heart, it is, Look, we use, we work with accounting firms and they use integrity. So we've seen it from both ends, from this end and from the other end. And, um, and what we've seen is some, some great systems for the security and the quality of work and that kind of thing. So it's just cutting the cord and allowing to move forward in the industry with doing something that actually makes sense with the right company. Now, uh, so we've, we've talked about stigmas, guys. Uh, you know, and, and they're all, yeah, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, <clears throat> so one more thing which I want to, in fact, I was talking to a, a client today. Yeah. Because Chris was in the in the webinar, I happened to talk with Gina Chris. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, she had concerns. One of the stigmas that we talk, talk about that, you know, uh, they are, a, I think, uh, I don't know, but they are a, uh, they are a big firm in Canada. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, she thought that, because she is into human resource management, into, mm -hmm. her, into, into her firm. She thought that, well, we have not done this before only for the reason I thought that what my team would think about this. Am I trying to, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want them to feel insecure about it. I don't want them to, you know, uh, feel that I'm trying to make them feel that you don't, you're, no more, you're no more a part of the company. So because we have built this company, 
it's 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 not just a money making machine for us it is what we are it is our existence yeah yeah wow and, and i just i was actually clueless you know i did not yeah. have an answer at that point of time with me that am i really doing something right i mean i question myself yeah that, well yeah. what she's saying is makes perfect sense you know in an ideal world if you're living in a community your first responsibility is towards that community mm-hmm. well yeah that goes along then with i thought you. but then i thought if you if you're not remaining agile what zoom did to skype will happen you know yeah this pandemic yeah. zoom yeah, with sure. the launch of skype skype was yeah. here for 20 years and zoom is today the number one application for video calling and video meetings yeah. so uh, well it, it was literally confusing for me yeah. even though after talking to thousand accountants <laughs> yes, i yes. might have the answer ready to go from my template but it really struck me and she was telling from her heart that yeah but i have never done this only for the reason not that we are we are completely remote in canada yeah even though we we have employees in the same city we have capability mm-hmm. to be completely remote but this mm-hmm. is one thing that i don't want my employees to think and 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 yeah that is one of the stigma whether we agree yeah. or whether we yeah. speak or yeah. not it's it's uh um i i want to make sure i give also mike uh, an opportunity to speak but i i before i forget um because uh, i think you were going to say something mike but isn't yeah. it interesting that in terms of uh, our humanity always cares about what others think isn't that some of the reason why sometimes we buy the type of car we buy we live where we live we wear the type of things we wear and it's not just to the accounting industry and people it's just us caring about what others think it's that affirmation we look for but beyond mm-hmm. that more responsibly and it's taking care feeling responsible for the 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 i guess mental health of our team um in 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 the situation that you brought up mike you were going to say something well, i was going to say that what Sean was saying goes along with the other a very very close related stigma or concern yeah. is that of sending jobs out of our country um and and the the, the thought you know most companies cpa firms especially you know they're patriotic to a certain extent they they want to support local mm-hmm. and the reality is however many firms especially those that might be more rural entities don't have the ability to always bring in or acquire the type of talent that they need to be successful and allowing a remote staffing offshore group to take care of some of those issues that day-to-day routine things that are distracting their key employees from being as successful as they can. So if I'm a number two guy or three guy in a firm and I'm frustrated with some of the boring tasks, we use that phrase from my perspective, that that are preventing me from really helping the client like I want to, Yeah, I'm actually pleased when I find out my firm is sending some of those things off to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care where they are. I just don't want to deal with those things. I want to deal with the client. I want to be, do what I do best, and I can't yeah. all the time. So it's yeah. kind you of know what, you, you know, you know what, Mike. It's interesting because one of the things I always tell the partners is that when you think of your team, every single team member, they're really great at doing a handful of things. They're really right. great at it. There's two, three, or maybe four things that they're really good at. Mm-hmm. And what 
what offshoring does is that it allows, it makes available to your team so they could do more of what they're really good at. And the other stuff that are not, they're not as great with it, or they just do it out of just pure obligation. If, if you take those off of their plate, they have the headspace now to actually do some meaningful work. Um, now, we, we've, we've talked about stigmas and, and almost every stigma has been a negative one. Here's a positive stigma that they have, which it always fascinates me. And I know I've had conversations with Sean about this. So um, it's that there's this positive stigma that, hey, I have a problem with my team because of whatever reason. And I'm just going to resolve it because now I'm going to get this offshoring team and uh, I'm going to offshore some work and it's going to fix the team morale. It's going to fix all the management issues I've had with my team because I'm offshoring. Poop, it's gone. It's, it's, it's out. It doesn't exist anymore. It goes away. And that's a stigma. It's a positive stigma, right? But the, the team morale, and, and as you know, and, I'll, and I'm interested to hear your perspective on this, Sean, is, and Mike, you mentioned this as well, you know, crisis, they don't change our character. They reveal our character, right? So how the character of the partners and how their approach is to the team and specifically in that example you brought up, Sean, with that uh, uh, lady you were talking to in regards to her team, her character is a caring character. He cares, she cares about her team. And the offshoring will be an expansion of that onto the offshore team to be inclusive of that team as they join forces together. It's not an outside versus inside mentality, which causes a lot of problems I've seen in, in offshoring and all that. It is combining, bringing in together in a collaborative environment where both teams feel like they're part of the same cost they're, and they're being cared for. Um, and and that, that doesn't just happen on its own. So what I have seen time and time again, people have done offshoring with, without success in, in terms of their team morale and, and they're wondering why. And when I interview their on-site team, when I interview them, they reveal problems that were there long before there was offshoring. It just got exasperated with that. And so one of the things that it is, um, it's <clears throat> crucial for people to pay attention to is that if, if you don't have a system in place where you're actually taking care of your employees, where the uh, uh, team morale is good, that's not going to just get fixed off. What are your thoughts on that, John? What do you think about this? Um. Well, uh, this is this this might be true, but very very difficult to kind of sometimes sell to accounting mm -hmm. firms. Yeah, because you know, uh, uh, team morale is as good as yours. I always believe that. Mm -hmm. And uh, if if I'm, I've been thinking uh, about this, if your team is somewhere finding difficult to come to you, or somewhere finding difficult to you know, look at the things from the perspective of how a business owner or how a manager would look or how mm -hmm. a senior would look. Somewhere I think it's, it's, it's the fault of the senior. So, uh, well, I agree that sometimes it balances, balances the, ba that it brings a balance of power, mm -hmm. uh, what we call in, in, in the 
whole equation. Sometimes, you know, you have an old employee, uh, you can't really tell her because you know that she has contributed so much to the firm. But wow. now the problem is she is not understanding that we are evolving and we are going in the next phase. She needs, she cannot just play with the same rules. Principles mm -hmm. are same, but the rule mm -hmm. changes. So mm -hmm. she needs to evolve and reinvent herself. And you, as you, that you are a boss, you are an owner, you are a partner. Mm -hmm. You try to, you know, tell her or tell him about, you yeah. know, this is the way we are going. This will require a new you, a new person of yours. And so that, that I have seen that some, somewhere when offshore hiring comes, it works both the ways. Mm -hmm. It has a negative uh, uh, thing around it too, but sometimes it creates a balance of power where mm -hmm. it brings a level of insecurity in your onshore team, a good, mm -hmm. good, good insecurity, which keeps them on their toes. Yeah, a healthy dose that healthy uh, dose, yes. it, it keeps them that. fresh in terms of what what in terms of that the firm is actually moving forward into the future. But, but yeah. yeah, we have seen mm -hmm. uh, in many cases there is huge resistance coming in from second level management, especially from accountants and senior accountants, and su such a level of resistance that they don't want to cooperate. Yeah. the process yeah. and 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 but we have tried when we do the onboarding we mm -hmm. try to talk to the partners talk to the mm -hmm. owners and talk to team also and tell them that mm -hmm. this is how the normal situation is unless we collaborate with each other there is no way out we can make this successful and and you know at the end of the day the firm will suffer so we are all yeah. working for the same objective which is you know yeah. Every firm, yeah. Every firm has a gap from speaking with clients. There's always a gap, and that's what I try to uncover. And when you when you uncover that gap, it could be they have too many data entry and not enough senior level, or they the senior level are just tired of just doing the data entry. They don't need to do that, and so they're tired. They're bogged down, and 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 then or there's mid level management or team leads that need to be in place. So every firm has a gap somewhere. When you uncover that, it ends up being that the, the onshore team is like, oh, finally a solution. You know, as long as they're, they're being helped in some type of way, and when, they, mm -hmm. and when you uncover that and you communicate and you collaborate onshore, offshore, wherever, just everyone's mm -hmm. on the same page, then mm -hmm. everyone's like, holy cow, this is amazing. I've, no firm has ever reduced, if they reduce, it's like one person. It's not replacing, it's not like 10 onshore and then we're, just replacing all 10 with offshore. No, we, they need help. They need two or three offshore to help those 10 onshore with the, mm -hmm. with the gap in their firm. I see that all the time. Once that's uncovered, yeah. that just, just takes off. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, we, we've uh, we've covered a lot of things and we're going over time here. So I want to make sure that uh, we give a proper attention to in terms of what has changed. So let me just summarize of what has changed in terms of um, this this pandemic changing the, uh, the the stigma these stigmas we have. Number one is that we now we realize we're a world without any borders really right because the uh, unfortunately the, the virus impacts everyone the same. So we're not as off uh, putting when it comes to working with other jurisdictions. That's one thing that I've seen change. Uh, the the, the uh, situation has forced us also to become 
to work uh, remotely. And that has uh, changed the perspective of what offshoring is, which is not that different from working remotely. It's just a different country versus the same country. Otherwise, there's, there's virtually no different, except that you get more security, as a matter of fact, in some situations. <laughs> what you already have. So, uh, and, and, and uh, Chris, you mentioned it as well. Uh, maintaining the quality, I think that is, we've realized uh, some of the firms we know that they've gone uh, remotely, working remote, they realize their current existing team, they're not uh, uh, up to the par or the quality that they, they had hoped they were in. And so the same question about security goes in with the quality of work you're currently producing. And there's this uh, pre pre presumption that what we produce now is way better than what offshoring team is. That's not always the case. And that has become to light because of the current pandemic. Um, and then finally, uh, in terms of uh, sustainability, everyone has realized that, look, we don't know, we're in uncharted territories. Things are going to change in the future. And this is a time that you don't just hold on to what you got and hope that nothing changes. This is a time for you to make changes so that when things occur in the future, you already have a system in place and you'll continue to, you, you're able to continue your business, continue servicing your clients without a hitch, without uh, skipping a beat. And that's where offshoring can actually help you establish those processes in place so that you actually become more empowered rather than feel like you're being restricted. So um, that's a summary of everything. And I just wanna leave it there and give it back to you, Mike. I know we're over time, so I appreciate everyone's uh, input. Yeah, we are. We try to keep it in 30 minutes here. And so we're kind of doing, so maybe since yeah. you had a nice little summary there, I don't know if uh, Chris and Sean would like to kind of give a two minute or one minute, just find, Sean, you went to you went to mute. So- um, I muted myself. No, I would Chris. like to thank, uh, Mike and Sia and Chris, uh, we have we are talking about things we usually don't, at least in public forum. Yes. So um, I'd like to continue this kind of conversations. You know, at the end of the day, it is it is something which is real, which exists amongst us. So there is nothing wrong talking, especially when it is for the larger good. Uh, so. I'm thankful to every one of you that we are talking today about this topic, and I, I love chatting with you again. Okay. Any final thoughts? Yeah, no, this, this is uh, this this needs to be brought to everyone's attention that you know, bottom line is a remote workforce is 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 a global workforce. However you look at it, and it's just unfortunately it took unfortunate events to get us here, but at the same time, you know, there's always opportunity ahead. You have to look ahead. Uh, see a spot on, right? Yeah. If, if anything comes, if we have um, an invasion from Mars or whatever is going to happen, pandemic, you just have to be ready for it. And, and you can be, it, everything is there right for you. And we're only here to help. So. Great, good point. Just, just one okay. last quick comment, uh, Mike, for anyone who's listening, who's got uh, their own stigma about things and, uh, would, and would like to have a conversation, I would invite them to reach out to any of us four here. Would be happy to uh, continue this conversation. Sorry, Mike, go on. No problem. Yeah, we're available at integrity.com to uh, connect with us and ask questions and uh, continue the conversation. So with that said, I suppose we will be signing off for today. Thank you all for being here and all those who checked in with us on Facebook Live. We hope to see you another time. Thank you very much.